makes the darkness tremble. I love that. It should tremble. Everything should tremble when Jesus shows up, when Jesus is there. When Jesus was on that cross and he said, it is finished, the earth shook. Darkness trembled. Evil trembled. I think they got a glimpse of, uh-oh, we messed up. Jesus declared, it is finished. There's nothing else he'll need to do. He's provided for us. He redeemed us. He bought us back. He broke the power of sin and death. Conquered it. Rose from the dead. And gave us right standing with our God. And the enemy tries to bring darkness. And the enemy tries to bring fear. And we can just speak out and look to Jesus. And fear goes. And light comes. Amen? We can walk with him in the light as he's in the light. We have fellowship with him. Not at a distance, intimate. We know his voice. He speaks to us. He tells us that he loves us. He tells us that we're forgiven. He tells us that we're righteous. He silences fears. The church, he hasn't changed. Amen? Amen. Well, I just want to remind you that um, if you weren't able to bring your offering, I know we kind of jumbled it up. There's a box in the back. Kevin told me that it wasn't normal. <laughs> there wasn't very much. I'm not too worried about it. But if, for your sake, if you miss that opportunity, the box is in the back, and you can do that. Um, I do want to just encourage you that we're going to go into the charismatic gifts. Um, we just spent quite a bit of time studying the, the um, gifts that Jesus gave to the church, and uh, we're going to start going into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But before we do, I felt the Lord um, highlighted, as some of you have had this happen to you, a passage of scripture, and it's just been on my heart, and uh, I've been enjoying meditating on it and chewing on it. And it's in uh, the book of John, and the verse that really has hit me, and, and we're going to read around that and study around that, is this, is when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now, this whole passage is super powerful, and why I want to spend a little bit of time, and it's probably going to be a few weeks, on the Holy Spirit, is I, I want us to get to really know the person of the Holy Spirit very well before we go into teaching the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? I think, it's, I think it's really important that we understand the person. And I'm saying that specifically, that he is a person. And one of the things that really stood out to me, one of the first things in my Bible, I'll circle things and highlight things, and, and I have a bunch of them, and this one was fairly new, so it's just beginning to get colored and written in. And, uh, but the thing as I was reading this passage of Scripture and especially between um, verses 7 and 13, is how many times it says him or he. And I begin to circle him or he. When, when, when it's like he, him, he, 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 his, he, 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 he. I got my attention. 
I think he's trying to tell us something. <laughs> this, this, this Holy Spirit is a person, and he is very real. And I was very moved by that, and I have to say I had to confess that I have often not looked at and considered the Holy Spirit um, rightly. I've looked at Jesus very, as most of us do, as this person that was very real, right? You could touch him and feel him, and, and I have looked at the Holy Spirit mostly as we would, as, as he is, a spirit, but not in the reality of a person, even though theologically I know it's true. Does that make sense? Like, I know he's a person, but I haven't treated him as a person. Is that fair? And I hope if, if the one thing that does, that it gets accomplished today, we're not going to accomplish everything today, as I found in the first service, that I thought we would do two weeks, and it's very clear that it won't be a two-week thing. So I'll be hopeful and say a three-week thing. Um, but who knows? You know how that goes. So, but I want us to, if nothing else today, is, is I'm going to teach. Um, I did this in the first service. I mostly taught. Now, who knows? If the Holy Spirit decides to do something different, all bets are off. But I was pretty successful in teaching the first service. So if it doesn't come across as teaching today, it's not my fault. <laughs> but if you would, if you have your Bible, we're going to be looking at John 16. So when you turn there, there's just about two verses before 16, which is chapter 15, obviously. Verse 26 and 27. I was going to start at verse 7 and 16, but I just thought, how can I do that when this is so good right beforehand? And you're going to get a free little lesson, message, that is not necessarily pertaining to the rest of the message. But you're going to get that in the first, first couple verses. Sound like a fair plan? How many of you guys like bonus material? All right, good. You're going to get a little bonus material. How many of you believe in the Trinity? Good, I hope so. I'm going to show you, and you're going to see um, in this passage of Scripture, another one maybe, if you hadn't noticed, that it's very, very clear here on the Trinity. Verse 26 of 15 says, But when the Helper, in the New King James, it says Helper, in a New Living, I think it says Advocate, um, all of those are right. The Greek word is parakletos. But when the parakletos comes, whom I, who's the I there? Jesus is speaking. So he says, but when the helper, when the parakletos, the comforter, the counselor, the advocate, otherwise known the Holy Spirit or the spirit of truth comes. How do I know that? Because a little, little while down you're going to see this. Whom I shall send to you from who? The Father. The spirit of truth. That's who the helper is. He will testify of me. Now look at, you see in that verse, the Spirit of Truth, the Father, and Jesus himself saying, I. That is the Trinity. Now, there will people say, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. I'm aware of that. There's not a word Trinity in the Bible, but the Trinity's in the Bible. The Trinity is the term that we use to define God. God is three individual people, and he's one. Now, that messes with your mind. He's not, like, and there is nothing I can do to bring you to the fullness of that. I can, I can use, man has attempted to use examples to explain the Trinity, and they all fall very, very, very short. Because we are the created ones trying to explain the uncreated one. 
Does that make sense? Like, I'm created, and I'm trying to explain and define the uncreated one. Like, how does that even work? Everything in our, in that we see and know is, has a start and an end. And yet there's this one who is outside of our dimension. He is superior, the uncreated one. And he is three persons, separate individuals, or three individuals in one. How do I explain that to you? Like, you can spend, and there's studies on this, but the greatest of scholars fall short of explaining God. Because he's God. And it is mysterious. If there's no mystery, and, and of all your study, the one thing you will come across when you study God, everything else, you can gain great understanding. But when you study God, the more you study God, the more you realize, I don't know anything. And if you don't come to that conclusion, you are a very prideful individual. Because the more I've studied God, the more I know, I don't know anything. He is beyond my... And yet, he loves to be known by us. He wants us to know him. So much so, he's given us this person to help us and guide us into the depths of himself. Yay. But there's a trinity right here. There's, there's Jesus. And Jesus said, and he, he said, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right? He's, but he's not saying that the Father was standing there with him. But you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he is, they, are, they are not in competition. They don't have like secret meetings where they try to get on the same page with one another. Like we picture that. Like I sometimes we picture like, oh, they had they gathered together and they had this meeting of what are we going to do? No, they're instantaneously in such perfect agreement and alignment that when one thinks, boom, they all at the same time had the same thought. It is amazing. And church, I, the the Holy Spirit revealed this to me in the in the first service, and I had felt the presence of God so strong it was crazy. It was like. I felt the tingling from the top of my head all the way through my feet, and I was like, whoa. But he was showing, and this is his purpose in us, the church. We can literally have, all of us can have, and, and someday it's going to happen. Just like Jesus prayed, make them one like we're one. Because they're not like getting together in secret meetings trying to figure stuff out. Like, it is sparking. And some of you on small levels have had that where the same spirit prompted something in your mind or in your spirit and he did it exactly the same time as someone else's and your both light bulbs went ba-ding! And guess what? It wasn't you and it wasn't them. It was he, the spirit of truth, in you. And he wants to do that even more. Like, what do you think would... Like, this is possible. That the Holy Spirit can spark an idea, spark something in each one of us all at the same time. Bink! And perfect unity. That's kind of like the deal. That is nothing short of that is what Jesus prayed. Father, make them one as we are one. It is awesome. I should get started. I'm preaching a little bit. It's your guys' fault. I taught the whole, didn't I? No. If I stare at her long enough, she'll say yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't laugh too hard. 
he will testify of me, is what Jesus said. Who? The spirit of truth. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning, speaking of the disciples. Those things I've spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time's coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God's service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. You know, it's so funny that Jesus is telling his, this, those disciples that getting ready and Saul was very shortly after that doing that very thing. Locking up the church, persecuting the church, killing the church, tormenting the church, thinking he was doing God a favor. And Saul wasn't alone in that. So Jesus was telling them the truth. And he goes on, he says, but these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. See, he's saying, hey, this is going to happen. And he's leading this up because he's going to say something even more important. And he wants them to understand it's the truth. You with me? So he says that, hey, this is going to happen. And as soon as he left, guess what happened? Just like he said. So he's setting that up for this next statement. And then he says, and these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? See, here we go. We have the Trinity all throughout this passage. But now I go away to him who sent me. Who? The Father. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. They're thinking about themselves. Now watch this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. He just told them something, right? Something they tangibly were going to be able to see happen very shortly. This is what he was saying that for. He's about to say something that's going to rock their mind and world. And he says, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go. It is to your advantage that I go away. For, I did not, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. You guys... This jacked the disciples up. You got to realize they're with Jesus, God in person with them. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth. It is for your advantage that I go. See, he had to give them that previous truth that they were going to be experiencing and go, oh, what he said was exactly the truth so that this truth would get set up. Because that's a hard pill to swallow, wouldn't it be? So wait a minute, Jesus, like, and he's saying, I tell you the truth, not because Jesus had ever lied to them before. You know, like sometimes people say, well, I'm, I'm telling you the truth this time. Why? Because they hadn't been telling you the truth. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. He had never lied to him. So it's not like he had to like go like, just let me, let me get this straight, guys. This time I'm telling you the truth. No, he's saying like, this is going to mess with your head. I'm telling you the truth. Unless I go and it's to your advantage. They're going, okay, I've I've been with you. I do not see this, Lord. How is this to, like, I could go to you anytime I want and go, grab you by the arm and go, Jesus, I got a question. If you're over there with Peter, if I'm John, I can go over and say, Peter, give me a sec. I need to talk to Jesus. Now, you want me to believe that it's better for me that you go. I'm not buying it. In church, guess what? I don't think we've bought it. I don't think we believe these words. 
it was better for us that he went. Not just that he went to the cross, not just that he died and resurrected, it was so that the spirit of truth could come. You see, we haven't valued, I do not believe even, maybe some have, I could say I haven't valued the Holy Spirit as the person of God, that he is God with us and in us. Now, why, does, why is it to our advantage that Jesus went and the spirit, of, the spirit of truth comes? Jesus is God, but he was limited in body. When Jesus sent the 70 out, he sent them out and he was not with them. They went out. They had his name. They had authority. They cast out demons. They cast out devils. They healed people. But they did that with his name and authority. But they did that without him. He said, it would be to your advantage that I go. You know why? Because Jesus, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, they're three individuals, but they're one. And as the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, he is with me. And he's with you, Tanner. And he's with you, Joe. And he's with you, Richard. I don't have, he's with you, babe. I don't have to go to Richard to go, can I have my turn with him now? He's with me. He's with you. He's everywhere. And let Jesus said, unless I go, he can't come. Not this woo thing. The person. The spirit of truth. He can come. And he is everywhere. He is with each one of you. It will be awesome. He's like, I got to go. You think Jesus, like, do you believe him in this? It's to your advantage. Now, how many of you have purposely, and there's nothing wrong with this, wanted a relationship with Jesus? You talk to him. You think about him. How many of you spend time with Holy Spirit? Some. Do you, how many of you look at Holy Spirit like he's the third part? Isn't that what we do as humans? There is no third part. They're one. When Jesus was on the cross, the Father wasn't, didn't forsake him. He was with him. This will mess up your theology. You can't separate them. They're three individuals, but they're one beautifully. They didn't come to like, well, let's, let's really, let Holy Spirit and Jesus like tagged up on God the Father to convince him to let Jesus go to the earth. No, they didn't. It was all of their idea at the same time, all fully. Isn't that awesome? It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the paraclete, the helper, the comforter, the spirit of truth, the advocate can't come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. 
I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. You guys, here's another little side note. Fun little question here. Who created the earth? Who created the heavens and the earth? What's the Bible say? Genesis 1 says the Father. Does it not? John says who? Jesus. You know, there's three different parts that say the Holy Spirit did. They're all one. And we can fight and argue and go, this one did, that one did. They all did. It's yes, yes, and yes. Isn't that awesome? They're not contradicting. There's not contradictions there. It's, did God create the heavens and the earth? Yes, the Father did. Well, John says the Word did, and he's the Word, Jesus. Yes. Psalm says the Holy Spirit. Yes. Isn't that awesome? They are one. Yes, they all did. They were all there. They were all apart. They can't not be apart. It's a beautiful unity. Now listen to this. He goes on. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. This verse trips me out. He will guide you into all truth. Now, notice it doesn't say he will guide you to truth. He will guide you into truth. Whoa, what's that? Well, man can guide you to truth, but only a supernatural God can guide you into truth. The spirit of truth is the only one who can guide you into truth. The spirit of truth. You know what's so cool? The Bible tells us that God is what? Spirit. God is spirit, and those who worship him must what? Worship him in spirit and truth. How do we do that? Well, not with your flesh. And not in falseness. It means you've got to be like him. He's real. Are you real? Yes. And you have three parts. And this is the lamest example I can come up with of what the three in one are like. But I feel it's, a, it's the best of the lamest I got. You are three parts. Body, soul, and spirit. I wonder which part the Holy Spirit would play. Jay's, Jay's right question. The body... Jesus, soul, mind, will, emotions, father, three parts, one body, one person. But that's lame compared to the trinity of God. It's, but it's the best example I could give you. And there's eggs and wind and all kinds of different. Water could be frozen or steam or it's still, yeah, that's, it ain't, we're talking about God. Listen to what he says about this spirit of truth, this person. He'll guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own. He speaks. He says he will not speak on his own authority. And he will tell you things to come. Ooh, that's awesome. 
He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. He, the Spirit of truth. Now bear with me. I'm going to read an introduction. I don't do this all the time. But I find it, it will be helpful. At least it was for me. And it was fun chewing on this and putting this down on paper. There's going to be a point that there's going to be a lot of verses to reference. And if, if you don't want to write them down or if you want to check me, you totally can. But if you want it bad enough, I can print it up to you. It won't be this week. But you can have it. Okay? So set your mind at ease a little bit. Here's where I start with he, the spirit of truth. A person has been provided for us. Just like the person, Jesus, was provided for us. We need to get that sentence down. A person, not a thing. A person was provided for us. You know how cool it is? You know when Jesus came to this earth, the angels and everything declared and worshiped God with us. They cried, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God with us. We don't celebrate the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I got to go so that God can come and be with you. Are you. Do you get that? Like, dude, it was awesome that Jesus came. Like, super awesome because he paid for our sins and redeemed us. But it is to our benefit that Holy Spirit came. He came. He's with each one of us. And as you, as, as we get through this, you're going to be, I hope you're as mind blown, as excited as I am, because I'm starting to understand who he is and his role in my life. And it is awesome. It's not, he doesn't just want us to think, he wants us to know him. And how can we know him if we don't understand him? How will we ever know him as a person if we don't even think of him as a person? Are you with me? He provided, just like the person Jesus is God, he, the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth is God. The spirit of truth is not an influence. It's not an emission or a mystical force like in Star Wars. I've actually thought like that before. Like, how many watch Star Wars? You're like, oh, that's kind of like the Holy Spirit. No, it's not. <laughs> it is so much lamer and lower than the Holy Spirit's a person. It's not like, use the force, Luke. Let the force guide you. What's the force? No one knows. It's the force. No, we know who the force It's the Holy Spirit, the person, the spirit of truth. He's real. He's God. Wow, it's raining. Thank you, Lord. He's an actual person. The membership in the Holy Trinity is itself proof of his personality. Listen to this. Romans 8 tells us the Father searches the hearts and knows what's in the mind of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a mind, will, and emotions. The person... Watch this. We can also see that there are personal activities assigned to him. 
if there's personal activities assigned to him, what do you have to be? A person. Now watch this. What are the, someone asked me, Pastor Steve, what are the personal activities assigned to him? I'm glad you asked, Sarah. I was hoping somebody would ask. I did a lot of work. Here's a, here's a couple. He strives with sinners. He strives with sinners. That's Genesis 6-3. You don't have to write all these down. There's a bunch. If you want them, I'll, I'll make a copy. He teaches. John 14-6. He testifies of Christ. John 15-26. He reproves. John 16-8. He guides. John 16, 13. He comforts. Acts 9, 31. He helps our infirmities. Romans 8, 26. He intercedes for the saints. Romans 8, 26. He searches the deep things of God. Aren't you glad he guides us into the deep things of God. How many of you, like, you don't go into the deep things of God on your own. The Holy Spirit guides you into the deep things of God. Isn't it cool? The author, the author of the Word of God, the author, there were 66 books authored by one Spirit, and He, the Spirit of truth, guides us into the depths of His Word and of God. And He will say, Hey, would you like to more, know more of that? And as we're studying, he will go, Hey, have you thought about this verse? Anyone that happened before? Hey, have you considered this? No, I haven't, but now I'm going to. And we go into this depth, and then he goes, Now come a little further. Let me light the way. He sanctifies. Romans 15, 16. He witnesses Romans 8:16 He commands but we don't like that one Acts 16:6 6. He is susceptible to personal treatment Only a person can be susceptible to personal treatment but the person of the Holy Spirit is How do I know Acts 5:3 tells me he can be lied to he can be resisted, Acts 7.51. He can be blasphemed, Matthew 12.31-32. He can be grieved, Ephesians 4.30. And he can be quenched, 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Hear me, church. As Jesus had been real among the disciples... As to hear, hear. They, they saw him, they touched him. Now the paraclete was to take his place among them, though invisible, just as real a person, a companion, friend, teacher, and guide. And that is what he is for us. Just as real as if Jesus was sitting next to you, sitting alongside of you, the person of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, is God 
with you and God in you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead resides in you. (laughs) It is good that I go. Are you getting that? It is to your advantage that I go so he, the spirit of truth, can come. Oh, what a day that was. There should be a special holiday. We should be like singing Kumbaya, thank you, Holy Spirit, and giving gifts. That's different, though. That was just the empowerment. But yeah, we kind of have a holiday, Pentecost. But that was the empowerment. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into, (laughs) so wild, all truth. Verse 7. Let's look at verse 7. John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away... The helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. It was to our advantage, it was to the disciples' advantage that Jesus left them. He left to prepare a place. Aren't you glad? See, when Jesus left him and left us, left the world, he said, I go and prepare a place for you. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Yes, I'm going to go, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. That where you are, I will be also. I will be with you there. But in the meantime, he left us the spirit of truth, who isn't just in like with you, Rebecca, and unless we're all together with you, he is with all of us, no matter where we're at. Like I could be here at the church and my wife could be at home and she can call on me all she wants, but guess what? I'm not there with her. But I can call on the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need help here. She can call on the Holy Spirit at the exact same time over something totally different and say, Holy Spirit, I need help, and he's not confused. All over the world. Holy Spirit, yes. Holy Spirit, yes. Jesus was like, I'm with you. I'm not with them until I'm with them. I need to go. (laughs) I got some other stuff to do. I'm going to prepare a place. I'm leaving him with you. Have fun. Right? Dude, it's supposed to be like Christ in us, the hope of glory, and there's a bunch of Christ left. Do you get that? Jesus is like, I got to go, but my spirit, the spirit of the living God, I'm sending, and he's going in you and going to be with you, and you can have the mind of God, and you can be empowered, just have the same power that I had on this earth. I got to go. It's going to be a lot better for you if I go. I think we need to get to know him. I think we need to start understanding who he is. He is God with us, in us. The same They're one. It's like, I wonder what the Holy Spirit's like. You saw Jesus. He's the Spirit of Christ. 
everything that Jesus said and did, the Holy Spirit goes, here you go. Let me help you with that. And you know the cool thing about the Holy Spirit? He never speaks of himself. Which I've been praying. Holy Spirit, you're amazing. You have all this, and you always just point to Jesus. He's always just going, look to Jesus. So if we're spirit-filled people, we should be doing that same thing. If, if you say you're anointed by the Holy Spirit and you're going, look at me, look at me, look at me, that's a false anointing. Because the Holy Spirit always points to Jesus. He's always, he, is, he is equal and one with him, yet he never stands there like he is. He's so awesome. He left, Jesus left to prepare a place for us and them. And by his death, he made heaven and resurrected life available to all believers. That's what Jesus did. Now, Jesus emphasized his going would make it possible for the Greek word, the parakletos, to come. I want you to look at the word, par the word parakletos. That word means a bunch of different things. It means an intercessor, a helper, a counselor, an advocate, a comforter to come. Now, the word parakletos comes from the word para, which means beside, and the word kaleo, which means to call. You put those words together, which it means called to one's side. The parakletos, the spirit of truth, the comforter, the advocate, God, the spirit, has been Named to call to your side. Called to your side. Do you get that? Called to your side. I move this way, he's there. He's called to my side. Everywhere I go, he's with me. That is his name. Called to your side. That's what parakletos means. Now, in the word parakletos, that word means advocate. And in some Bibles, it'll say that. It'll say the advocate. Some Bibles will say the comforter. Some Bibles say the counselor. It's all of that. And the word advocate, so cool, has a technical meaning of a defense attorney who appears in court on another's behalf. That's what advocate means. The spirit of God, the spirit of truth has been called to your side. And everywhere you go, you have an advocate who has a, your defensive attorney that speaks on your behalf, that goes before you, that when the accuser comes and brings his accusation, he is on your side and he's saying, that's not so. He's the spirit of truth and he will shoot those things down. And he has your best interests at hand. He's at your side. And I don't have to go like, hey, Sarah, can I have Paracletos now? You've been using him up. I need him. No, he's at your side. Do you know him? He's not just mine. The root meaning of helper, which is one of the words, or comforter, means this, to be called to one's aid. The first responder. He gives first aid. When the spirit of truth came into your life, he came in first and brought first aid. 
But he doesn't stop at first aid. He does continuing aid. And he will do final aid until we're gone. He is our helper. Aren't you, how many of you have experienced the aid from the spirit of truth, from the spirit of God? It is him, the Paracletos, who came alongside, and not just as a defense attorney, but also one that distributes that aid and that care. Oh, he is so good. The helper is also our defense, and I love this part, and our offense. He's not just our defense, and defense is good, but oh, how I like me some offense. It's one thing to bob and weave and duck and put up a shield, but it's a whole other thing to let it fly. Amen? The Holy Spirit comes alongside of you, and he will defend you, but oh, he will, he will fight for you. He will go for you. He proceeds in front of you. He is your rear guard, and he is going before you. Do you get it? You don't have armor on the backside of you because he's got your back. He's got you. He comes to offer his aid in our approach to the Father. Aren't you glad as our guide? And he stands as defense against the strategies of our enemy, Satan. Aren't you glad? Do you know him? He's not a force. He's not a feeling. He is God. And he is a person and he is real. And he is who Jesus left for us to equip us. And he has gifts that we're going to look at. Are you kidding me? He is awesome. And he loves you. He loves to love on you. He loves to give you aid. He loves to comfort you. He loves to teach you. He loves to defend you. He loves to go before you. He loves to guide you into all truth. He loves to guide you into the depths of God himself. He loves to go into the word and, and let you discover and reveal the mysteries and the depths of God. He is always with you. He can never leave you. David even said it before, if I went to the heights of heaven or to the depths of Sheol, where could I go apart from God? You don't have a chance. He's everywhere. And yet he's personal. I told the first group, there's an old song, and, and I'm not making a joke, but it's just true. I think it was Depeche Mode. It went like this. Your own personal Jesus. You have one. Your own personal Jesus. Christ in you, the hope of glory, through the Spirit of Christ. His name is the Spirit of truth also. He's also your comforter. He's your helper. He's your best friend. He's your first aid instructor. He's your second aid, third grade, and completion aid. He is your advocate, your defense attorney, and your offense. 
He goes before you and behind you. He's got you covered. And he loves you. Do you know him? The proper study of Holy Spirit is pneumatology. And you can have all the theology on pneumatology and all the degrees, but do you know him? Do you talk to him? Do you let, it's this, this text, we haven't even scratched it. He speaks, he hears, he has emotions. He commands. See, we don't listen to the Holy Spirit like we would listen to the Father. We think the Father is the ultimate authority. Then, then Jesus and, eh, Holy Spirit said that, but I'm going to listen. Are you kidding me? Better get our theology right. Remember what A.W. Tozer said? I've, I've said this before. He said, whatever you think about God is the most important thing about you. Whatever you think about when you think about God. We better think rightly. And I said to first service, as rightly as we can. I don't trust no one who thinks they got it all. Like, I, I want to be as right as I am with God. I want to know him as much as I can. Knowing he's a big boy. And this side of eternity, I am not going to know, know, know him. But oh, the journey of knowing. The more I know, the more I want to know. And every time we pull back a layer, I go, he's better than I thought. You're kidding me. He can't be that good. He's like, oh, come on. Let me show you. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Smell. Oh, it's beautiful. Use your senses. Jesus made it clear that unless he ascended back to the Father, the Helper would not come. The work of the Spirit, we're going we're gonna to study this next time, so don't worry, you're going to go home. The work of the Spirit happens in two areas. First, he, he is active towards those who are in darkness. How many of you guys knew that? When you were in darkness the spirit of truth came. And that passage of scripture says he convicted. And the, and the word convict actually means convinced. He convinced us first that we were in the dark. He convinced us of sinning. He convinced us we've missed the mark. He convinced us of righteousness, that we are not righteous according to Jesus' standard. He convinced us that we needed him. Aren't you glad? That's the first part. But then... This is the most exciting part. I can't wait till we get to this part. He's the spirit of truth for believers. We're going to look at his role in us as the spirit of truth. You guys, his role in us, it's so awesome. And then we're going to look at the spirit, at the spirit of truth, how he guides us and teaches us in three different ways. In suggestion in direction, and in a very awesome way. Illumination. Oh, so awesome. I wish we could do it all today.
My desire today was that you would see him as he, the spirit of truth, who is your advocate. He's the parakletos. He's the one who's called alongside of you. When you think of Holy Spirit, I need you to think of him right here because that, that is the name that he is, called alongside. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But he left. But did he? How did that happen? Because the Spirit of Christ, as the Paracletos, the one who walks alongside of us, is with us. What if you literally, like literally, understood the Holy Spirit as Christ, like the disciples did? Like they would go, just out of blue, hey Jesus, what do you think about this? Hey, Jesus, I'm feeling a little afraid. Would you come? Hey, Jesus, that dude's possessed. What if we just went, Holy Spirit? Oh, yeah, I forgot. You're right here. You've always been here. You've been called alongside of me. How about, how about you handle that? Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I got an idea. Oh, that was from you. Sweet. Let's do that. I got an idea. Oh, you have a way better one. Let's do that. What if we talked to him? What if we sought him out? What if we prayed and said, Holy Spirit, I don't know that much about you. Oh, I want to know more. Would you lead me? Would you, you are actually leading me. Would I let go? God, help me let go. Help me hear your voice clearly. Help me receive the aid that you want to give me. Help me surrender. The Lord, he's trying, the Spirit's trying to administer healing and, and truth into our life so that we could be whole and clear out those wounds. And we're squirming and going, no, 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 no I got a better way. He's really good at what he does. We wouldn't do that if Jesus came up to us and said, hey, I, I want to heal you. You go, okay, Jesus. Holy Spirit's talking to us all the time. And we go, I don't know about that. That seems a little weird. You want me to do what? I might look like a fool. You might obey God. What if you obeyed God? What if you recognized the Holy Spirit as God? It didn't question him. It just went, yes, sir. And don't worry, we'll, we'll get into that. He does speak. And there's other voices too. Spirits can speak. We're going to look at that. Spirit of truth. Like I said, I'm gonna, me and the, the kids and my wife, we're going to be gone. We're leaving actually from here to San Diego. We're going to be gone for a week. But... I'm just telling you that, that if you want those verses and all that that I, next week, or send an email or something, and when I come back, I'll print it up for you. You can have it. If you, you don't, if you don't, I'm not going to think you're less spiritual. Just saying. I don't want to have to go through and, like, try to re-quote them all, so. All right? Oh, and if I don't respond to your calls this week, just have some patience. I might have my phone in the house as we're at the beach. And I'm not planning on taking my phone with me to the beach. Okay? 
All right. What? Off the grid. Ooh, that's a word from the Lord. Some giftings in this young man. Let me pray for you. I, I pray, Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, lead us into all truth. Especially truth about you, the Father and the Son. You know that we are just dirt. We're just created. We don't know a whole lot. Thank you that you dwell in us. And whatever truth there is in me is from you. And I know all the goodness that's in me is from you. I know the love that's in me is from you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Holy Spirit, thank you for your patience. I have not honored you as I should. And I know you always point to Christ. Thank you for that. Thank you for walking alongside of us. Never leaving us. Thank you for your care. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your conviction. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for guiding us along the best path for our life. Thank you for guiding us through the darkness. Thank you for empowering us. Thank you for gifting us. It's our desire to know you more. To have an intimate relationship with you. To recognize you as Lord. I'm going to ask you this week. Pastor Jay's coming next week to preach, so don't miss that. Him and Pastor Patty will be here, so make sure you come and love on them. Um, but I want to ask you to meditate on this passage of Scripture for a week or two. John 16, 7 through 13. And the word meditate is not a weird word. It is a word that the world has tried to pervert. Outside of the Bible, meditation is empty in yourself. Don't do that. You want to fill yourself. God doesn't want you empty. He wants you full. So when you meditate, and you meditate on the Scripture, you fill yourself with the Scripture. So how I meditate on Scripture is I will, I will read it. I will read it out loud. I will ask, and we can do this. We can ask Holy Spirit, will you help me? Will you bring the things I don't understand out. Will you highlight to me what I need to see in this text? The author of the text. You know how deep the word of God is? Will you take me? I don't want to miss the, the top. Show me that and then show me the next level. And then would you show me everything I need to see in this? And then you meditate on it. You read it. You meditate on it. You ponder it. You ask the Holy Spirit to help you with it. Would you do that? And watch how he leads you into all truth.
he will, in the middle of that, go, hey, you know, I had a thought. And it was over here in James. You know, I had a thought. I gave one of these to Paul. Come over here and check this out. If you've been on that journey with the Holy Spirit, it is the greatest, funnest ride into the depths of who God is. And he's always with you. You don't have to wait in line. If you did, you're going to be waiting for a while because I've got him tied up for a while. <laughs> Amen. Well, I hope this has blessed you today. I hope you're hungry. I hope you've been